1: T O L K I E N, and Instagram at Tipples and Tolkien.
0: So cozy up,
1: pour yourself a drink,
0: and come on a journey with us this fall on Tipples and Tolkien. Action
2: stations, action stations, set condition one throughout the ship. This is not a drill. Repeat. Action stations, action stations, set condition one throughout the ship. Not a drill.
0: The silence were created by man. They rebelled. They
2: evolved. They look
0: and feel human. Some are programmed to think they are human.
2: There are many copies. There are copies. many
0: copies.
1: And they have a plan. Action stations, action stations, set condition one throughout the podcast. Welcome again to set condition one, a night shift radio production. I'm your host, SC1 actual Caleb. And with me on the CIC is the president of the 12 colonies and the podcast, Andrea.
0: <laughs> Trying to keep me on my toes. Hello.
1: Yeah. Switching it up. And the XO kitsy. I, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure you're paying attention,
0: but. You rendered them speechless I, for the first time in their entire life, I think.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Kitsy. I don't
2: I don't like this out of orderness. This is
1: I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> now does it feel to be uncomfortable? <laughs> I don't like it. Now it's my turn to be the uncomfortator. Well, there's your new call sign.
2: <laughs> Cause I already forget what your call sign was. Last time. Uh,
1: you called me Silver Fox, but uh, I, I mean... No, this I one's better. It's <laughs> not unheard of to, to have your call sign change.
0: <gasps> Is that true?
1: I Ol- mean, yours isn't changing, yeah. MapQuest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm still writing that down. Changed call signs in Browstar. <laughs> and continue.
1: So welcome, listener. If you're just joining us. Uh, Hello, and you're very deep into the the first season here, so uh, we're going to be talking about some stuff that maybe... I I don't know if you've watched it or not. Uh, Maybe go do that. We'll still be here. It's fine. Uh, But if you've been with us all along, welcome back. Uh, And of course, as we say every week, if you have not yet, uh, give us a little uh, click on the subscribe button in your your, uh, pod box of choice uh, to make sure that you get updated every week when we have a new episode. Uh, And that said... Pitter-patter. The wrong Previously, podcast. On Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> that,
0: really, that really surprised me. I was,
2: I was trying to come up with, re- like, really fast, come up with what a Letter Kenny podcast would be called and, and throw it out there and be like, no, that's our other podcast. Insert funny thing here. But I'm not. Uh, oh, my
1: God. I'm too they, t- they would have, like, 37 rapid fire like podcast <laughs> names. Yeah. Because those writers are so fucking brilliant. Going through the
2: alphabet A to Z. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I I will never claim to be clever enough to keep up. No. uh, I'm barely clever enough to watch the show. (laughs) (laughs) But as you mentioned, this is a Battlestar Galactica podcast. And so uh, we open this this podcast episode of Battlestar Galactica uh, with... Uh, some some journalists setting up uh, what I'm going to canonically consider a podcast, even though it's technically a radio show. Uh, but what's a podcast if not an internet radio show uh, within the uh, the the fleet? Uh, which what, what do they call themselves? Uh, it's 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 something fun. It's a it's a play on the things. I don't have it. Yeah. Colonial gang. There. It's the colonial gang. The colonial gang. <laughs> I was going to say cappella, but again, wrong <laughs> podcast. Tacapella. <laughs> now there we go. <clears throat> so we're, uh, we're celebrating a, a couple of things here. We're celebrating a, a holiday amongst the fleet, which is kind of the, the first real chance that they've, they've had to to have a big event like this since the Cylon attack, uh, which we learned was, was at this point, less than two months ago. So, you know, things are still moving along pretty quickly here. Uh, but they're celebrating Colonial Day, which is the anniversary of the uh, signing of the Articles of colonialization, Colonization. Words. Words are hard. See, this is why I couldn't be on, on Letterkenny, because I can barely say words, much less think them. Um, <laughs> <Certainly> <laughs> but something that confuses me... And uh, maybe y'all can, uh, can help with this. Uh, this is only the 52nd anniversary uh, of the signing of the Articles of Colonization. So either they have very long years, or this is a very new colony. Uh, con- con- Colonistitution? <laughs> 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 I think that was it.
2: I think you nailed it. That's a good point, because... Okay, so it's been you said 52 years, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so the Cylons have been gone for 40 years and they just came back. So that means that in 92 years, no, 12, no, in 12 years. Uh, they signed the articles of colonization. They created the Cylons. They had a war. That seems like a a small amount of time for all those things to happen.
1: Makes me really wonder, like, what the the time frame actually is. Like, was there like a rewriting of the the articles, or were they kind of operating uh, as a loosely confederated uh, group of of colonies prior to uh, the uh, the signing of the Articles of Colonization, and that kind of brought them all together? I'm gonna guess uh, that's what it was. Had they not yet spread out amongst the other colonies, but the other colonies seemed too well established for that to be true. Yeah. So. It feels like either, like, yeah, they they really didn't have any kind of cohesive government prior to half a century ago, uh, or this was, you know, they sat down and they rehashed it out, which, quite honestly, if we're we're being realistic, this is something that governments probably should do on a fairly regular basis. At least, like, every
2: 100 years or so,
1: probably. At least every, like, you know, 250 or so Hint, hint.
0: Just <laughs> that any time the culture no longer matches what is set out in oh. said document, it might be worth a little oh. revisit, huh? Imagine that. Yeah, right. possibly. We really know so so little. I just it has just occurred to me about the timeline prior to when we jump in because I know I had just I guess I just assumed their scripture is. Very um, old. Old is the adjective I want to go with there. Um,
1: That's definitely the implication. But yeah. I guess
0: I have no reason to uh, to assume that other than our scripture, yours, not mine, somebody's. Um, say is,
1: no, don't want me in there. lay no claim.
2: Is very old. Battlestar Galactica is my scripture. <laughs> um, the, so say we all. So say so we say all. So the... You know, that has some interesting implications, too, because if the scripture is from, you know, a couple of years before the Articles of Colonization, then that means there are people alive now, in theory, who were alive when the scriptures were written, which is weird to think about. Yeah,
0: but then that I remember Scientology. Oh, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh,
1: yes. The religion based on a sci-fi novel. Right? Like,
0: so... I guess it's not unheard of.
1: I haven't watched a significant amount of it, but I feel like even the uh, prequel show Caprica doesn't really get too deep into, like, the length of time of the history of of this uh, universe. Uh, But even in there, like, it feels like their, their religion is very deeply ingrained and the scriptures are still old and ancient. But it also feels like these colonies are very well established to the point where, like, you already have, like... You know, we talked about the Adamas coming over from Tauron. You already have essentially immigration from amongst the colonies and you have enough of a, like, society built up on each for there to be differences. Uh, so.
2: Hmm. I'm, I'm going to
1: guess that they, the,
2: the colonies all existed on these different planets for quite some time. And this was just them uniting their, their government and their, their, like, societies.
1: That makes sense. Uh, and to that uh, to that idea, uh, the other thing that they're celebrating here on uh, what's what's the name of the ship? It's the uh, the one that Kitsy's going to have a field day with. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cloud Nine, <laughs> Cloud Nine. That's right. Uh, over on Cloud Nine, there the other thing that they're celebrating is the uh, the. Formation of a brand new interim quorum of 12, which uh, for those who may not be uh, familiar, uh, this government, the, their legislative body essentially is made up of one representative from each colony uh, who then work closely with the president and vice president uh, to create laws and policy. And so each colony has now elected Uh, a representative to this new quorum, uh, so that they can continue starting, like restarting this government, uh, in addition to having, you know, some civilians say, uh, beyond just Laura Rosalind's, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down, uh, on every single thing that happens. Uh, so they're, they're trying to bring back some semblance of what they had in the past. Um, but, Probably not for the first or last time, will I say. It's a little bit weird to me that they're clinging so hard to the concept of their original colonies. when mm-hmm. they're literally just scattered around on ships.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, they lean pretty heavily into that. Or at least Zarek does um, early on in the episode. And I was thinking about that, too. And um, I'm I'm with you on that, except I've been thinking about it a lot in terms of... Quarantine, And in terms of uh, phrases like make America great again, for example, um, hmm, of this like uh, nostalgia and holding on to the past, even though it's not really suiting anybody um, or it's likely suiting the people who are um, maybe still in power, like uh, President Rosalind, for example. Hmm. So what's interesting to me is that... Um, Obviously, you're still
1: going to have a strong cultural identity to the the colony where we grew up. And we see a little bit more about that in this episode that we hinted at early on, that there's these strong cultural divides and class divides amongst the colonies. Uh, But I would think that the governing body of this fleet would be more representative of the individual ships rather than the the colonies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, that would, you know require essentially redoing the, the government. And uh, we already see that they're kind of falling back on what they know. Yeah. Um, but that's what I would have thought, you know, like the Astral queen would send a, a delegation. Uh, well, they you know, Cloud did nine would send a delegation and well, they did, but not specifically just for that. Yeah. He represents a colony.
2: So can I, can we just get my spaceship rant out of the, <laughs> yes, way for let's, the week?
1: Let, let's get to it. Okay.
2: Now, I know what y'all are thinking. Kitsy's going to make a big deal about how much wasted space there is in this spaceship.
0: And you're right.
2: And you're wrong. (laughs) Oh. oh. (laughs) You're wrong because this is, uh, as they they say in the beginning of the episode, this is a luxury liner. So it makes sense that it would be very big, you know, very, I wouldn't say waste of money because it's, you know, supposed to be luxurious. And it is. Um, Here's the gripe I have with this ship. is they make a big deal of telling you that the ship had to be evacuated because it was damaged early on in the Cylon attack, and they had just finished repairs on it. Now, I'm all for having as many ships as you can, but doesn't it seem like a really weird waste of resources to fix a luxury cruise liner when you're fleeing a fucking war?
1: It does just saying the the only justification that i i can think of is is the point that you made that you know they need as much space to spread out these people as possible so that they're not uh cramped in like crowded dirty conditions uh and you know cloud nine is the extreme opposite of cramped crowded dirty conditions
0: and i wonder how so. much of it has to do with what caleb is talking about that I mean, it's only been, it's been right around two months, we said, less than. Yeah, a little Mm -hmm. less. Um, Are people still hoping that they're going to magically land themselves on Earth, for example, and pick up where they left off? And then to say no more luxury cruise liners, no more uh, eating indoor in restaurants, for example. um, They're not ready to let that stuff go quite yet because that admits that there's a new world and a new way of living that they have to adjust to.
1: And I think you're actually like really on to something there because that, that theme comes up a lot in this episode, uh, when they talk about like why are we still like using money? Money's worthless. We you know, we have no economy. Why are people going to jobs? What are jobs anymore? You know, and like there's a, Why do we a bother putting on pants? Why do we bother doing that? Uh, there's a conversation where um, you know our old buddy Tom Zarek he's back, and we'll talk about why. But he jumps behind the bar uh, at this little like kind of uh, outdoor like tiki bar thing in, in Cloud Nine, and you know someone calls him out on, it and he's like, "Why would I make the bartender make me a drink? What's in it for him?" And like, and they, they make some some interesting points at this point. Like they're literally fleeing for their lives. Their entire civilization back on their colonies was destroyed. And you know, at this point, there's no no real economy uh, to speak of. So, like, what are they holding on to other than familiarity and comfort? Uh, so, I think, Andrew, you're you're dead on there.
2: I still think it was a waste of
1: resources to repair a luxury <laughs> liner. <laughs> the, the, the question that I have uh, was this not the same ship that the little girl was on when Roslyn, uh, comforted her, and then the silence attacked, and uh, they had to leave it behind or was that a different luxury liner with a forest in it?
2: I thought that was the Botanical <laughs> Cruiser.
1: Yes, that was the Botanical Cruiser. You're right. Uh, I get them mixed up because they are very similar in their uh, in their, their nature, although I guess maybe the Botanical Cruiser was less of a maybe less of a luxury vehicle and more of like a science It was a garden. It was a garden. It's where all their vegetables came from. Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> If you know that ship having, if it was actually a garden where they could grow food, that ship having uh, FTL capability and being able to join the fleet would have been a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, wasted space aside. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any more thoughts on the on the design of Cloud Nine, or is it really just the the idea of the the time spent repairing it?
2: I have a lot of thoughts on it, but I don't want to bog down our. I don't want to make this a a spaceship nitpick episode. <laughs> Because it very easily could become one. Uh, Put it
0: on the blog. So
2: I, yeah, maybe I'll write a blog about it, or uh, release a, a bonus episode of me just ranting for an hour in my room by myself about this ship. Do
1: it. You won't. We'll see. I probably won't. Yeah. So the each of the twelve colonies has elected a delegate to represent them in this quorum, uh, and so this is going to be the first meeting of this new government together. Uh, and we learn that uh, a couple of key figures have been elected. Most of the the uh, the twelve, we don't really know they're they're, they're minor players, or we're being introduced to them for the first time. Uh, but in particular. Sagittarion and Caprica have uh, some some well-known names that they've selected to represent them. And uh, why don't we talk about that?
2: Why don't we talk about that? Can I talk about Caprica?
1: <laughs> Please do. This
2: is delicate. Uh, delicate. Delicate. He's, He's pretty delicate. delicate. <laughs> He's very delicate. Uh, so our, our old pal Starbuck, uh, she finds her way into Gaius Baltar's lab as he's mm-hmm. doing his 60 years of blood samples. <laughs> uh, and like, Oh, I'm your security detail. And he's like, what for what? And he's like, you're, she's like, you're going to cloud nine. He's like, why I have all these, all this work to do. She's like, Oh, didn't you hear, uh, over the, the wireless talk radio. And he's like, who who listens to that garbage? Uh, and she's like, you've been elected the delegate for Caprica. And he's like, Oh, and at first, he's kind of like, I don't have any interest in politics. But then the uh, the six in his head is kind of like, maybe you should.
1: I love, because he says, uh, you know, politics is the only thing more uh, boring than blood samples. Yeah. All those interminable speeches, all that dreary pomp. And six is like, but parties full of young women mm-hmm. drawn to men of power? Ah, but, you know, when the people call, you must <laughs> serve. <laughs> uh uh, never never wanted to miss an opportunity to, to, to sleaze out. Yeah, he was our, our good fully friend guys.
0: delightful in this episode. I loved, I mean, I love him <laughs> every week, but he was just
2: just so fun he, to watch. He, the charisma was really turned all the way up this week, wasn't it?
0: Well, yeah, yes. and the six in his head was other than that, that at that point and one or two other small moments, she was turned way down. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was interesting how much more charismatic and um, kind of with it, he seems, when she's not uh, taking all of his attention.
1: I do love the way that they bring her into this, though, because it's not like normally she'll walk up behind him or like lean in and whisper in his ear. Uh, But we first see her as a reflection in like a mirror in this lab. And I thought that that was a really clever way uh, of bringing her into the scene. And then we see her lean down and like whisper and kind of caress him a bit uh, as she is wont to do. Um, uh, but what about the, uh, the Sagittaron delegate? Well, that would be our
2: good old buddy, Tom Zarek, uh, who much to Laura Roslin's chagrin has been elected as the delegate for Sagittarius.
1: She's not happy at all. She's not
2: happy. A few people aren't happy. There's, uh, no. there's quite a few people who, you know, still refer to him as a terrorist and a murderer for blowing up a government building, which I mean, he did do that.
1: He, he did. That's, that's uh, written
2: history. That's <laughs> canonical. He did do that. Uh, there's uh, there's a great moment when they're we're all first getting to uh, 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 Cloud Nine where, you know, some citizen, is, like, sees him and is like, murderer, you're a murderer, you have no business being in politics, which, you know, th- you may have a point there. Mm-hmm, but uh, mm-hmm. then we get Mr. Uh, I'm going to start a fight in a bar looking guy. <laughs> yes. Uh He's like, hey, you know, Mr. Zarek was elected and blah, blah, blah. And like gets all up in this guy's face um, to which uh, Lee steps in and is yes. like, let me see your security clearance. And the guy's like, <laughs> hey, you know, I'm I'm allowed to be here. I have my rights or whatever. And he's like, your rights don't extend to you roughing up other people.
1: Uh, Lee, <laughs> yeah. Lee's uh, in a take no shit attitude in this. Uh, we see that that he and Starbuck, in particular, uh, are here on security detail, uh, and I think everyone uh, in the Galactica crew, in particular, is uh, on alert because they expect Tom Zarek to pull something. They expect him to uh, attempt to at least usurp power from from Rosalind, uh, as he's you know you know made it clear that he thinks that she needs to be voted out, uh, if not possibly something more direct. Given his history of violent tactics. I do love that as uh, Zarek decides to like break in on the the colonial wireless fleet with his uh, his gracious and humble acceptance speech, uh, Adama calls Roslyn, he's like, Are you hearing this? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, basically, like, I mean, everyone is can like, yeah, there's nothing really we can do about it. And he's like, you know, we can. We can, you know, he's, he's a danger to the fleet. We can stop his shuttle from traveling just at that. And she's like, we're not going to make him a martyr. Like that's, this is the kind of shit that he wants. Like we have to just let him do his thing. I think what Uh, she says is we have to let this one play out. Yes. And, uh, she's, she's very smart, Mm -hmm. very savvy. Uh, and she knows that she's, she's going to find herself in a rough spot if she doesn't play this one carefully. Uh, and I, I, I can appreciate the, the tactic and the tact with which she approached the situation. Uh, even so much to the point where they're having like a kind of a, a meet and greet at the beginning of the ceremonies when all the delegates are, delegates are arriving. Uh, and, of course, Colonel Ty snubs Zarek, uh, mm-hmm. as to be expected. Uh, but uh, Zarek walks up to the president and asks, like, if I extend my hand to you in friendship, will you accept it? Well, there's only one way to find out, isn't there? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and he reached out to shake her hand. And, and she says, she shakes his... and does
0: the <laughs> big high that,
1: that would have been amazing. Flips back her hair. <laughs> <Too> slow. <laughs> and then she kick-flipped out of there on her skateboard. <laughs> this is what we call radical government. <laughs> 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 oh, that
2: was too good. Well, I think that's an episode. Yeah, I think that was... Yeah. We're not going to say anything that funny for the rest of the episode, so <laughs> probably go ahead and just turn this one
1: off. Uh, it seems to me that the the, the day-to-day motions of, uh, of governance of the colonies and, and of the fleet, really, because they're no longer truly mm. colonies. Uh, yeah, it's it's about like that. It's about as interesting as C-SPAN, let's be honest. Sorry, you know, government, really, like the minutiae of it is not very interesting. Uh, but then... Uh, you know, they propose all of these like social programs focusing on education and on you know kickstarting the economy and whatnot. Uh, all very relatable shit. <laughs> uh, and so, Rosalind says, you know, if there's if there's no objections, we'll we'll uh, entertain motions to proceed on this agenda. And of course, our old buddy Tom stands up with an objection, uh, and he's really got his priorities straight uh, as usual. Uh, He really thinks that the the primary focus needs to be getting the vice president.
2: I don't know that I disagree with him here because he makes a good point. If something were to happen to Laura Roslin, there is no successor, and the government would essentially collapse, leaving room for a military dictatorship. And that's probably what would happen. So the man has a point. Well,
1: that's what – has a point.
0: Yeah, that's what's so interesting. No, no, it's not. That's the wrong word. Um I I think it's funny that we um look at Zarek as this kind of um, I don't I don't know. He's I'm blanking on a regular word, but it doesn't matter. Um you'll cut all of this out, right?
1: Oh d- uh, yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure, for sure.
0: <laughs> I mean skip the regular We're, word if you can find an irregular
1: one. And,
0: <laughs> well we just like as, as this like troublemaker. Why is the? It'll come to me in an hour. I'm just going to yell it by the end of the podcast. Terrorist. <laughs> yeah, but like I don't know. Um, rabble rouser. Well. Rabble rouser. That's what I mean. Rabble rouser right? is a good one. Yeah. Okay. Cotton pusher. Um, but he's coming in asking for something completely reasonable. Um, and then that little speech he gives out on the lawn or whatever is compelling and makes sense in terms of the world they all live in. And so when. I don't want to skip ahead to, to what what happens, but when he does get nominated oh, that is in that scene. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. by the delegate delegate from I don't remember, but Vergon. From Vergon. Um, and uh, Baltar, right? No, Apollo. Help me.
2: Baltar seconds the motion to elect uh, uh, or to hold elections for vice president. That's
0: right. And then. Um, and,
2: and then, uh, yeah, was, sorry, I already forgot what you said. Was it Vergon? Yeah. And then I think it was uh, Erlon that seconded the rec- mm-hmm. the uh, nomination.
0: But. Rosalind's look of like dismay and the little um, unrest that kind of moves throughout um, the the people collected there, I thought was a little unwarranted. Like it, you should have a vice president. I mean,
2: yes, but I think Laura Roslin knew immediately what he was playing at.
0: Yeah. Oh no. F- yeah. I mean, for sure. But it, it is, it's just funny to me that like, maybe the way to play that strategically would be like, um, I don't know, uh, acting as if you're somebody who in a position of power wants to uphold the, The law and the, like, the things that are expected to be done. The articles of colonization? If you will.
1: (laughs) If you will. Uh, Minor correction, it was Gemini who seconded uh, the nomination Uh, proposal. Like a true Uh, Gemini. Like a true Gemini and Gemini and I. uh, Uh They did not wish to remain gemini (laughs) 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 Fuck, you beat me to it. I was literally about to make that joke. Uh, but yeah, so really... I'm going to edit myself it, in, that to... joke later. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, the whole thing goes down to like is Tom Zarek a trustworthy person? Uh, we know the answer is no. He's, he's proven that to like both in his past and even now after his rehabilitation. I mean, uh, we allow for the fact that Sagittarius has this law that once uh, convicts have served their, their term, they can uh, fully regain their citizenship, which I'm fully in support of. Yeah. Uh, but Tom Zarek has proven himself to be uh, a, a rebel rouser and a violent troublemaker in the past. He supposedly has gone through this... Rehabilitation period. Uh, But then, like, right at the very end of that, like, he institutes this uh, uprising, uh, this violent takeover of the ship, and you know, takes hostages. There's, you know, under his command, there was the uh, attempted assault of Cali. There was all of this stuff that happened, and it was all at his direction. Uh, And again, when he did that, it was under the guise of, like, oh, we need to uphold the laws of the colony. But you know he doesn't seem to really truly have the good of the colonies uh in mind the good of the people he seems to have his own agenda, so when that man stands up and says, "This is what we need for the good of the people, I'm like is it though like like yes but Coming from you, is it? <laughs> and so that immediately puts the the you know the Galactica crew and the Rosalind administration, who already were mistrustful of him being on the quorum to begin with, uh, on high alert that if he were to uh, gain nomination, which he has, uh, and if he were to then win the election to the vice presidency, uh, which in this case they do it as a, a single one-off election rather than as part of a a ticket because there's no you know, real parties and whatnot. Um, if he were to win that, then like that places him in a very, very interesting position to where, you know, the slightest thing happens to Laura Roslin accidentally. Uh, and suddenly it's president Tom Zarek and who could, I would never have foreseen this. And I didn't want this kind of power. It was thrust upon me. Uh, but here's all the changes that I have made up in this, this list <laughs> yes. that I've been working on for the last 20 years in prison. <laughs> You know, he –
2: I hesitate to say this because I I don't want to get too current political with this, but he reminds me of a much smarter, much more articulate uh, version of our current president. Interesting. Where, you know, he's got his his own agenda. He's very self-serving, but he's really good at rallying up his base. Mm-hmm. and uh, even uh, Lee even says at one point, don't underestimate him.
1: Eh, it's true. Yeah. And He's a very charismatic person. Uh, he knows exactly the right things to say to get people to, uh, if not fully fall in line with him, at least say, well, you know,
0: that guy's got some interesting... Th- uh, he makes some interesting points, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's not business as usual. He's telling it like it is. But I do think that um, Zarek at least... Has his own like uh, kind of moral code um, and and values. They might be his and his alone, but I do feel like he has something that he's governing his decisions by beyond just
2: dementia.
0: Dementia, and um, though dis- oh. disclaimer, we shouldn't be diagnosing people from um, afar. I want to s- get ahead of that. Oh, but, yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. But. Um, uh, other than just the like, you, whatever they read most recently on Twitter, you know, whatever well, yeah. thing they're most pissed off about is the thing that you know.
1: Well, my uncle shared this article on Space Facebook uh, <laughs> Space about book. about Tom Zerik's uh, his his platform, and you know, I think he's really got some great points. Oh, no. <laughs> Space Facebook.
0: Uh. Like
2: it, I feel like on Battlestar Galactica, Facebook would just be an actual book <laughs>
1: with
2: the, with, with,
1: uh, the, with the corners uh, cut, uh, techno, yeah. diagonal, yeah. diagonal uh,
2: and it's. It, I guess you'd, you'd have to store it in like a central location, and then like you could come by and like write something on your friend's page,
1: you'd be like hey, <laughs> good, have a good summer. Or you Smack. actually go and write something on their wall in their their bunk? <laughs> Spacebook. 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 Oh, my God. So, uh, of course, uh, in order to have some chance of stopping Zarek from from getting the vice presidency, uh, the Rosalind administration has to come forth with their own candidate. And someone makes the great point that, like, they had time leading up to this, that, like, they could have just hand-chosen a candidate and coasted until the actual election in six months. Uh, but they missed the opportunity, and mm-hmm. now, now, you know, now they're trying to, to catch up from behind here. Uh, and so there's a, a man who we, we learn has been uh, working for Laura Roslin, kind of doing a lot of the behind-the-scenes work, helping to keep the, uh, the logistics of the fleet running. Uh, and it's a man who had no interest in, in politics, but also hasn't necessarily been uh, particularly popular amongst the fleet either. Uh, but you know, he reluctantly accepts a uh, nomination to run. Uh, and his a uh, gray. Was it Wallace Gray? I think his name. Bland Blanderson. <laughs> yeah. Bland Blanderson, basically. He's, uh, he's basically just a suit. He's, he's less memorable than uh, Al Gore was in 2000. Who? No. <laughs> oh. No. Oh, see, I miss <laughs> Al Gore. <laughs> I do. Too. I like him. I do. He was I- especially fun in Futurama. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> it is wild to watch this show. And be like, I'm so obviously I love it, and I cried at least twice in this episode. Um, but it is so un—I'm just not surprised by anything because of our current so uh, cali- cali- political. That was cultural and political (laughs) climate. I like it. That's
2: not where my head went with that, but all right.
0: I mean, I wouldn't say no to a shift toward the matriarchy, if that's what you're getting at. All of this has happened before, and all of it will happen again.
2: Yes, and on that note, we have multiple Dredas contacts, so we're going to go ahead and jump to a safer location. Uh, We will, as always, embed the jump coordinates into this week's ad, so make sure you listen to it very, very loud. Uh, Because they're going to be in there very quiet. And we got to Oh, God. I thought that was me. We've crashed. Cylon attack. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we better we better jump now before they they hit us again. So, uh, yeah. uh, Add now.
0: Is this jump out of my head? I think so. Like lump, but jump. Oh, God.
1: You're listening to a Night Shift Radio production. Night Shift Radio is a modern media company. Bring you shows that entertain, inform, and most importantly, provide an escape. Never Heard of It dives into the world of bad, obscure, and sometimes just weird movies. Follow along with the crew of Set Condition One as they experience the 2004 sci-fi hit Battlestar Galactica, one episode at a time. Each week on Left of the Dial, we explore a new record or revisit an old favorite. We'll bring in guests to talk about their own music and the state of the industry, Superpod HeroCast. Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. They draw a random comic-inspired movie from Thor's helmet and offer thorough, insightful, and humorous commentary. And once a month, tune into the Storyteller series and get lost in the magic of a good old-fashioned radio drama. Learn more about these fine shows at NightShiftRadio.com and subscribe on your favorite platform.
2: Mr. Gator, report.
1: <laughs> Mr. Gator, Wait, has anybody seen Gator? I
0: I think he's out getting Starbucks for for Starbucks. Yeah. Wah, wah, <laughs> wah. <laughs> he's not here.
2: I'm gonna just edit in crickets. He's
0: he's getting yes. he's yes. getting Starbucks for <laughs> for Starbucks.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, we we heard.
0: Starbucks. Starbuck.
1: <laughs> oh, okay.
0: Third time. The third time. <laughs> it's it...
2: rule threes. That's what that wait, is, I'm, right? I'm sorry. Wait.
0: What's he doing? Oh, I wanted to say something so mean just for the sake of it to really <laughs> throw you off. Something not mean. Crude. Just for the sake of it to really throw you off. But then I didn't. Don't be mean to the XO. I would never.
2: Yeah. I mean, Don't be mean to the XO. I, I, I that's have the, my job. I have the missile buttons over that's here. That's
1: true. <laughs> so... It's important to note that the president and the, the Galactica crew's concerns about something going down at this event uh, were well-founded, it turns out. Yeah, uh, we have uh, a moment of a uh, Starbuck and Lee drinking at a, at a bar, and there's a, a speech going on by Times Eric, and Lee's, uh, he's had enough of it. He's he's sick of his shit. And uh, asked the bartender to to turn it off. And we have the the same dude from earlier who was stirring up shit, uh, who was like, oh, I was watching that. And he's like, Not anymore. Yeah, too bad, <laughs> basically. And you know, tries to, you know, basically they oh I'm a, I'm a citizen and all these people here, they wanted to hear Mr. Zarek talk and And one other guy's like, yeah, I did. And he points to someone else down the bar. He's like, you wanted to hear him, too. He's like, I I really have no opinion one way or the other.
2: (laughs) To which he's (laughs) like, I'll take that as a
1: yes. (laughs) (laughs) Your logic is flawless, sir. Yeah. Uh, And so, you know, Apollo's basically like, you know, you can leave is what you can do. Uh, And he's like, oh, I don't want any trouble. And then grabs a bottle and, like, smacks it upside Apollo's head and starts a little bit of a brawl. Uh, during which uh, our friend who had no opinion one way or the other but who's been looking kind of shifty <laughs> uh, gets his briefcase knocked over and we see a gun. Specifically, Starbucks sees the gun. Um, a brawlo. A p- You're welcome. I get it because it's, it's Apollo. It's Apollo and a, brawl. a brawlo. it Starbucks. In, in a brew, haha. Oh yeah, uh, Starbucks Star, Star, Starbuck, I guess brew, haha. Because brew and coffee, yeah, B-R-E-W. I get it. W- yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is
2: tonight? not our best work. <laughs> no, that has <laughs> been a long um, day. Uh, so, what's really fun though is uh, Starbucks joins the uh, the fight. And I think this might actually be the first fight Starbuck has ever been in
1: that she did not start. I would believe that mm-hmm. if you if if someone told me definitively that that was the case,
2: yeah, I also love that she's walking around with a cane because of her knees, still you know she's still got the mm-hmm. knee issue. And uh, of course, in typical Starbuck fashion, that cane is now her primary <laughs> weapon in this battle.
1: Uh, <laughs> she hooks the uh, the guy as he's trying to run, like it's you, know, like, he, he's flailing on stage at the at a comedy <laughs> show. Well, she does that. But what's, what's even better
2: is that she sees the dude with the gun trying to get away while Lee's on the ground, getting choked out by our um, top, number one, Tom Eric fan. And uh, Lee thinks he's coming. She's coming to help him, (laughs) but she's not. She goes right past him, but kicks a bottle over to where he can reach it. You're good from here, right? Yeah. Like you got this. And uh, and then, yeah, hooks the uh, hooks, the dude with the gun and uh, gets the gun from him. Uh, And I just I love that. Like just that little. That's such a Starbucks thing to do (laughs) to be like, I'm not going to help you, but here's this bottle. (laughs)
1: My favorite line from that is uh, Grimes is the, the, the troublemaker. Uh, he's, he's got Lee's choking him out on the, the floor, but he's reaching for the bottle to uh, hit him again. And Lee, after Starbuck kicks it to him, Lee gets it, and he's just like, you looking for this? <laughs> and
0: smacks him <laughs> upside the head with it.
1: <laughs> uh, but I got to say, like, I love Apollo. I love Lee. Uh, I love uh, Starbuck, of course. I don't love them in this episode. They no. get, they go to a dark place. And so fast. Lee goes dirty cop real quick. Like
0: immediately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, the man that they uh, that they captured with the gun, his name is simply given as Valance. Uh, and uh, he's immediately... Uh, suspected of being a, a Zarek sympathizer and uh, conspirator, uh, you know why else would he have you know a lead-lined briefcase with a uh, a ceramic gun and all of these precautions to get a weapon into this event? And he has you know an itinerary of the event, and he's marked out every public appearance of Laura Ross. And basically, everything points to like this guy has bad intentions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, he's not giving anything up, and Lee is just going. Nuts on him, screaming and punching and uh you know they they get nowhere. It's really not very effective uh they try to tell him that uh you know the jig is up that they they know, but he's like you're you're bluffing, you got nothing which like right then they know like well he, he's definitely guilty but He's given them nothing to go on.
0: Mm-hmm. It's the mm-hmm. second time now on the series where an interrogation where they resort very quickly to violence. Um, I'm thinking of when Starbuck met with um, uh, Leoban. Leoban, yeah, um, that gets them nowhere. And this is the dark side of all those points that Zarek was making earlier. Where like you
1: know, there's no more no need for money. There's no need for economy. Like what's a business anymore? Uh, the uh, the officers here. Flip that entirely on his side and like, you know, the old world is gone. You have no due process. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. you're ours. And, you know, if, if we don't like what you have to say, we'll put you out an airlock. And it's like, fuck, it goes, goes dark real
0: fast. Yeah. It's upsetting. I was trying to remember, and they remind you of it in really, uh, in a really clever way early on, just how violent, um, the episode, uh, Bastille Day Um, there's, they're Mm -hmm, recapping mm -hmm. it on their, um, the radio show or whatever, I think is where you hear it. Um, and when it's framed as a sort of like news recap without all the sort of nuance of what was going on, where it's just like break in murder, attempted rape. It's, I mean, it is, it's no surprise when you look at it that way that Apollo is so furious Mm -hmm. um, and it's so barely contained though. Mm Um, it's still not not fun to, to watch him, uh, yeah, react that way.
1: And I think Apollo is still uh, a little bit, like, feeling betrayed because, like, he did try to connect with Zarek, and he told him how much he respected him and, like, how he had made it a point to study his writings in college even though they were banned. And, like, you know, he really believed that that Tom made some great points, but then he went and, you know, he started a riot. He took hostages. Like, he had, you That's know, there was point. all of this... Uh, violence associated and, you know, blood on his hands. And I think Lee feels very betrayed by that because we know that Lee very much believes in, you know, the laws of the colonies. Uh, we know that, you know, he helped to manipulate that situation in order to simply keep things going the way that they should uh, and not necessarily the way that Zarek or Rosalind wanted them. And I feel like he, like, he doesn't let go of that chip easily. But there's a problem. There's a problem. There's a problem.
2: Tom Zarek's getting votes. Oh, right. <laughs> it's true. It's he's lo- a very popular man. It's looking like uh, he's going to win the vice presidency over um, Tom <laughs> Blanderson or whatever his name is. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Laura Roslin and, and a few others are sitting in her, her office talking about that while uh, our boy Guy's Baltar is uh, giving an interview <laughs> over, the, over the wireless, uh, and he ends up just taking the microphone from the <laughs> That's reporter so good, and gives a hell of a speech, mm-hmm. really. Oh, absolutely. It's a it's a phenomenal speech. I don't know if, Caleb, you want to read it.
1: Yeah, so he's asked, like, do you think, uh, is, you know, his president's, is uh, Rosalind's political career terminal or is there hope of resuscitating it? Uh, and he's, you know, Laura Rosalind's political career is very much alive, and to underestimate her would be a serious mistake. Uh, and... You know, they they kind of dig into that. They think you know. Like, do you think that a school teacher has you know is able to handle the the job of the presidency? Uh, and he goes into this speech. You know, I think all of us had teachers who made a profound impact on our lives. History is full of examples of leaders who have come from the most humble beginnings and have risen to meet the challenge posed by cataclysmic events. Uh, And he goes on to say, you know, Laura Roslin and the tough decisions that she has has to make every day, uh, especially, I think that there was like some something that was cut off there by the way yeah Uh, because that's not a complete sentence Uh, especially if you're someone like tom zarek who's never shouldered any real responsibility in your life to be fair tom how could he uh (laughs) he's been in prison for the last 20 years uh and he's had you know he now he's had a drastic personality makeover he's posing like he's the saver of all your ills uh i think you all have a short memory really and like he's just putting it right out Mm -hmm. there and like uh unlike you know his normal like ball tiring ways where he you know bumbles and stumbles through things like He's really like making some great points uh he He finishes off by saying you know, what i have uh, what I have to say is we must survive and we will survive, uh, and we'll do so through the values that have made our colonies great courage truth justice liberty it's a very American thing <laughs> uh, with a firm and deep resolve to make tomorrow better, not just for ourselves but for our children uh, and Of course, everyone applauds and he's you know he's basking in the the glow of the the praise, uh, and the president hears all this uh, and formulates a plan. You, you see it in her face the moment she realizes, oh fuck, I need to. <laughs> he needs to be my vice president. <laughs> Again, it's it's a very reluctant uh, uh, decision that she makes and a, a reluctant alliance. Uh, but she even, when asked later in the episode by Adama, she you know uses the the phrase you know the devil you know like, you mm-hmm. know, this you know, this is someone that I you know. Can keep close to me and at least have some degree of understanding. And you know, she recognizes that he's very popular amongst the fleet. That you know, once he was cleared of uh, the suspected mm-hmm. treason uh, way back in uh, six degrees, uh, he you know, was more popular than ever. And people you know attribute the saving of the fleet to him multiple times over. And so, uh, if anyone has a chance based on you know name recognition and popularity of beating the very charismatic Thomas Eric. It's Gaius Baltar. Uh, And the way that she asks him is great.
2: Before we talk about that, though, we have to go back a little bit um, to kind of set the stage for that in that uh, when they're in the the delegation quorum thing, um, he's, you know, ignoring (laughs) things everyone's saying because it's boring. Uh, (laughs) And he and Six are having a conversation and she mentions that the one reporter... Uh, is not wearing any underwear and has been staring at Gaius, uh, you know, constantly. And he's like, oh, really? And, you know, kind of notices that. Uh, and then I, I forget exactly how it comes up, but he says something to the effect of like, you know, you're not jealous or whatever. And, and she basically says like, you know, the way I see it, you can have any woman you want, but I'll always have your heart. And then like, if it takes a very dark turn and I'll rip it right out of your fucking chest. If you yes. <laughs> like, like and he like even like grabs his chest like oh god
0: <laughs> everybody's really in top whoever they are sort of like ratcheted up form yes. um, in this episode and i think like having them in contrast or comparison to all of these new people um to kind of see them performing at their best and i think we'd be um it would be neglectful of us to not um mention uh, i forget what the reporter's name is Playa Palacios. okay so she does the because he's like surely she's not not wearing underwear or whatever and she gives the the like iconic basic instinct where she has her legs crossed the one way and then crosses them the other um ostensibly to to flash uh not us but um but Baltar at least mm-hmm. yeah, but that's like clearly a, a reference back to that scene yeah that was a fun little nod That was a fun little nod
1: well and I love when like she uh when six tells him like you can have any woman you want he And he questions that, and she's like, You know, love isn't about sex, guys. Well, there's an enlightened point of view. (laughs) (laughs) So Laura
2: Roslin says, You know, I need a shuttle to to Cloud Nine. I have two very unpleasant duties to perform. (laughs) Uh, And I'm going to just kind of gloss over the obvious joke there, and uh, we're going to go right to her telling uh, Mr. Blanderson that uh, he's not going to be. Uh, vice president anymore, that he has to step out of the race. Uh, he has
1: to have health reasons. <laughs> he has
2: to have health reasons. And uh, he's not too happy about that, even though she like, like he's not happy about that, even though he didn't want to do it in the first place. But also, no. also though, the flip side of that is she's the one that convinced him to do it. And is now like, now you can't do it anymore.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, and I, I, I find it interesting that he would be like, so hurt by this, like, what feels like it, it couldn't have been more than a day or two <laughs> after him saying, like, I don't want to do this. Please don't make me do this. Oh, God. Okay, I guess I'll do it. And, like, yeah. suddenly he's just so all in that, like, he's just devastated and, you know, his, he's lost all, you know, friendship and respect for, for Roslyn I don't buy it.
2: Yeah. But that's what happens. And then... Uh, Laura Roslin goes to find Gaius Baltar, who is, of course, in the bathroom, <laughs> his favorite place to hang out. Yes. Uh, to which she, uh, you know, basically pokes her head in and is like, you know, Dr. Baltar, are you in here? And he, you know, comes out of the stall with his zipping his pants up and he's like, yeah, I'm here, whatever. And they they have their little conversation and, you know, uh, and what have you. And then uh, when, when I forget ex- anything they said, I don't know if you want to talk about it or not. I mean, the interesting, again, but... The interesting part to me is the, the thing that happens next.
1: Yeah, basically, I mean, she just, like, tells him, like, I, you know, Mr. Gray has to drop out of the race, and I want you to be, you know, by my side, you know, you're, you'd be fortunate to have your intellect and your popularity right by my side, and, you know, she she flatters him. She yeah. knows exactly how to approach Baltar, and, like, that's the important takeaway, not the the actual dialogue. Yeah.
2: She's gassing him up. Uh, and so when she leaves, uh, who do we see come out of the same stall that, uh, Baltar was just in, but, uh, our <laughs> reporter friend,
1: uh, uh, she says, wow, what are you going to do now? <laughs> and they go back into the stall. He says, now, now I'm going to give you an exclusive.
0: So good.
1: That's what the kids are calling <laughs> these days. Hey, uh- in which, if we know anything about gas, Baltar is that he doesn't give anyone an exclusive. hey <laughs> hey Because <Hey-o. laughs> he's always sleeping around. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Baltar uh, around. So, I, I, I think we can jump right to say that... Uh, you know, the the vote goes very much in Baltar's favor, uh, although it is a tie amongst the quorum of 12, but the president gets the tiebreaker vote. Uh, and so we have a very beautifully done cut uh, from her about to read the 12th vote to her announcing the next uh, vice president of the 12 colonies, Gaius Baltar to this wonderful jazzy music. Uh, So again, huge props to Bear McCreary. That was the perfect uh, music for that moment. Uh, And it's this very much this election night celebration. There's dancing. Everyone's in their, their best clothes and there's the jazz music. And, uh, and of course the, the side conversations going on and the dealings and
0: wheelings and whatnot. Even the, this is such a little thing, but it, The I don't even know what you would call it, but there's like a filter, um, on the first few seconds of that when she introduces Baltar that like looks like old documentary footage. It made me think that somebody was going to get shot, it made me think that there was going to be like an assassination attempt on somebody there then. Um, it just reminded me of like uh, not to but like Bobby Kennedy footage, that kind of thing, yeah, Um, yeah, which it wasn't, thankfully. Well, but uh, someone
2: did get assassinated though.
0: Oh, yeah, that was happening.
2: And we never uh, find
0: out who did it. Apollo did. We, it.
1: We have a very strong inkling of who, though. Uh, there's a series of events uh, that lead up to and from this uh, this death, uh, where there's a an interesting kind of surreptitious conversation between uh, Zarek and Ellen Ty, uh, where he he asks, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a friend of mine. His name is Valance. Uh, and then we cut away, and we learn uh, that somebody got in. And they passed the guards like through the vents into Valence's cell uh, and slit his wrists with broken glass uh, and only a handful of people including you know the guards and like you know the commander the colonel and like starbuck and apollo like there was only like five people or so that knew that valence was there uh, and so they can't figure out who would have done it and, you know it doesn't look like it could could have been suicide because of the way he was handcuffed to the chair so of course they think that that zarek got into him uh, and this was, you know, after, you know, they, I guess we can take a, a, a step further back to where Lee tells Zarek, you know, we've got your man Valence and you're next, uh, and so, like, yes. all of this thing is, you know, all these uh, scenarios are, are leading up to shadowing that Zarek probably had some hand in, like, having this man killed so that he couldn't implicate him, uh, especially as he sees the, the tide turning against him in this election, uh, but then at this party, uh, Ellen seems to be in a really great mood, and uh, she won't say exactly how, but she's pulled some strings and gotten uh, her and Saul a, a little vacation time on uh, one of the, uh, the, the more kind of luxurious ships. Uh, and he, he, again, she, she won't tell him how, but she just you know, I have my ways. Uh, and then she looks over and kind of smiles at Tom Zarek uh, and it has me wondering, is Ellen involved
2: in this? it's a good question because we never really find out no uh in fact towards towards the end um uh Tom even he, he goes to you know congratulate Laura and, and Gaius Baltar and whatnot and then even says to Laura he's like you know I didn't I didn't kill him I wonder who did
1: <laughs> I and so sows those seeds of doubt
2: and, yeah. and and that's my my question is like is he being sincere there or is he trying to like play mind games and with him you it could go either way the
0: thing about zarek is that he mixes lies with the truth that's Mm -hmm. oh oh, wait that's 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 leoven that's leoven um
1: but in some ways zarek and leoven are very similar mm -hmm. in the way that they they approach situations
0: well and i have to it, it was one of those things where um, every 30 seconds, I was coming up with a new Who Could It Be? And then, of course, if... Who could it be now? Um, so it could be. Um,
2: <laughs> I think, I don't think we have the rights for that song. We're going to have to cut
0: that. <laughs> um, but it obviously, or maybe not obviously, I don't know. Uh, if there are 12 Cylons, then there are likely at least two who are working together. So to say, um, could Ellen be involved... Yes, and also Apollo, who did a lot of um, things that I found kind of suspect uh, in this episode, and I didn't. Yeah, and I didn't think about the broken glass in particular until um, your recap because they made such a big deal out of that beer bottle. We saw it so many times, and if you're looking for some sort of wep- weapon, I'm making air quotes um, that won't be easily like. Traced or missed or you know mm-hmm. um, whatever, uh, broken bottle would be good. And so, who was there? They Apollo. did say broken glass from the oh, room. Oh, did they say that? What? Yeah. Where yeah. did we see broken glass in the room?
1: They, they be- didn't show it, but oh, all, know all it's uh, they say his wrists were slit by broken glass from the room. Oh, okay. Well, I take that back then.
2: I mean, there could have there could have been a window. Could have there could have been a you know, for all we know when when they took him in, they took him in with that bottle that they were right. fighting over.
1: Yeah. I mean, none of this uh, rules out your theory. Like he yeah. very still very much could have been any one of them. It absolutely. The way he was behaving could have been Apollo. The only reason that I would say that it maybe wasn't because I feel like Apollo was more interested in getting to Zarek mm-hmm. than he was at specifically taking out this guy. But he does seem to kind of have some anger issues with this.
0: Well, so. and to go to, cause I was thinking why tell Zarek that you have valence, right? If you don't, because mm-hmm. then the worst thing happened is that your this one connection you have is dead now. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Unless you want that person dead for some reason, which I don't know yet, yeah. and also want to be able to implicate Zarek. And now Apollo can say, well, I did – I mean, he knew that we had him, mm-hmm. um, and he had every reason to want him dead.
2: I, I do if, feel like, though, if, if Apollo really wanted to kill him, he would have just put him out the airlock with Starbuck because, you know – why, he, he would have no reason to hide it.
0: Unless it's for uh, the Cylons seem very intent on stirring up a lot of trouble. Mm. So um, Leoben, for example, saying uh, Adama is a Cylon yeah. when he knows that there are two Adamas um, on board. Uh, and um, just a lot of things that they could have been handling much more straightforward. Lee, Adverb. And so that is
1: essentially where we leave the the Galactica. Everyone's partying, everyone's dancing and whatnot. But we do have one last little bit of important uh, happenings and goings on in this episode that we need to discuss uh, because we still uh, revisit the plight of our friends Hilo and Sharon. Uh, on Caprica, and most of it is just them them running and surviving and whatnot, but they do finally reach uh the spaceport at Delphi that they 've been trying to find uh to get off the planet and they 're trying to infiltrate this without being seen and of course, Hilo has a moment of seeing two number sixes side by side, and like you know previously he had you know he'd been Speaking out loud or thinking out loud because everyone speaks out loud. Uh, He had been thinking out loud to to Sharon. You know, like I I keep thinking about that. You know, that woman that we saw. You know, the one that you know I know you killed. And you know, the the chances of there being two of them and them just being twins. That seems (laughs) that seems a little much. And like you know, could they? Could the Cylons be messing with human DNA? And I'm like, well, you kind of. And like he is thinking. he's so close and so far off Mm -hmm. because he, he starts talking about, you know, maybe they're cloning us and, and uh, Sharon's just like, well, you know, like, I mean, if if they're, you know, they're clones and then they probably, they're capable of, you know, human emotions like love and, and she, like, you can see the panic on her face. It's like, he's so close to working out uh, the ideas of uh, silence and humanoid silence. And he's also like, almost caught on to her a couple of times, we see. And so she's, like, still kind of, like, she's conflicted and she's trying to justify all this. And he's just like, no, they're no better than Cylons. They might as well be Cylons. And she's like, oh, fuck, he figured it out. Mm which he really hasn't yet. But but he uh, does, as, but he does like, he's right there. Uh, cause he actually says like that they're, they're basically Cylons, uh, and they, you know, they're, they're no good. They, they, you know, no human would do these terrible things, uh, to which Ellen immediately said, uh, that's very much a human MO. Yeah. I was
0: just going to say the same thing. Yep.
1: Like he, he must not have read too much history. Yeah. Uh, it, and so, like as they're they're uh, scoping out this spaceport, he sees two more number sixes, uh, and you can see like he's trying to work out like what is this clone tactic. Uh, but then he turns and he sees <sighs>
2: another Sharon
1: Boomer, another Sharon, and just as he's starting to a work great it out, uh, our Sharon Caprica Sharon here, uh, Caprica Boomer, uh, shoots her up, mm-hmm. and. Uh, he has a a flashback to, like, when she did that with the other six, and, like, he has a a panic moment. And I don't know, I feel like he probably still hasn't put it together. Like, Hilo, Hilo's not a dumb guy, but he's not the sharpest (laughs) one either. And I feel like he probably still hasn't put together, like, oh, this must be a new type of Cylon, because there still isn't any reason why he would have thought that. But, like, he's now determined, like, oh, shit, she must be involved with it, and it's been leading me on all along. And Mm -hmm. so he starts running away from her. And... That's where we leave
0: Hilo and Sharon on Caprica. And she's pregnant and it's so sad. She's starving in this episode because she's eating four too. Um, Mm -hmm. God, is that a heartbreaking moment. I didn't, and it's funny because I didn't, I wasn't super invested in the two of them um, all this time, but just that. That moment there, where they're almost ready to break away, and then mm-hmm. and then that happens, and he tur- literally turns his back on her and runs off. Is oh god, and that's the same. Si- oh poor Boomer, because on <laughs> back on uh, the on Galactica, she yes. has a very similar moment with uh, your buddy, who's Chief na- Tyrell Tyrell,
2: who is not in this episode. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. And Boomer then says, like, you can't. Something like you're really going to turn your back on us and on this or whatever no
2: it it is though important to point out that those are two different sharons sure but it's still so they each each only experienced the one thing
0: it's still doubly sad for me that's fair the tragic life of a sharon yeah
1: (laughs) and so that said andrea Thoughts, feelings, emotions, all, silence—all
0: of them, every single, <laughs> every single one. Um, the this is not part of my theory or anything. This is uh, just a comment that the the little party with everybody all dressed up and uh, Adama showing up out of nowhere at the end, all dressed up. Mm-hmm. Um, Where had he been? I'm this a whole patriot. Episode? And boy is he. <laughs> um, and it's uh, it's just such a. I get so anxious when good things are happening to people on this show um because you know bad things are right around the corner yeah because uh uh Apollo and Starbuck when they're like playing out on the quad or whatever with the hose and Mm -hmm. as soon as that happened I was like oh no and then there's the the beautiful little like dance with everybody and Starbuck gets all dressed up um it's just oh I'm so nervous about the next episode I am so nervous.
2: I, I do love uh, Lee and uh, Starbucks little jabs in the uh, in their bunk, uh, their bunk area when they're getting dressed. And, and, you know, he's like, you know, shouldn't you clean that? Referring to her jacket. And she's like, I did already. And he's like, when? Like three months ago or whatever. And um, she says something effective, like, hey, I clean up. OK, sometimes he's like, well, let me know when one of those times is. <laughs> like, and like, they're, they're you know, they're just, you know, they're they're giving each other the business as they like to do and uh but then you know you cut to this party and you see starbuck with her hair all done up and she's wearing makeup and she's got this gorgeous dress mm-hmm. on and lee's just like whoa uh
0: yeah lee it's just like
2: yeah j- just lee and nobody <laughs> else nobody in this room <laughs>
0: certainly not certainly
2: not anyone in this room <laughs> no. uh and then uh you know he he uh, goes up and like gives her a couple compliments. She's like, "If you want to ask me to dance, just ask me to dance."
1: Because <laughs> he comes, he's super awkward. He's like, "So uh, that bum <laughs> knee of yours is looking pretty good, and the other one's not too bad either." <laughs> Smoothly, it's just like, "If you want to ask me to dance, just ask." Because me and a dress is a once in a lifetime opportunity.
0: <laughs> uh, it's just, I love them so 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 much, and I'm gonna cry so much these next couple episodes. I'm I'm prepared, um, but I am. Just to do a little speculating, um, I'm really interested still in, um, I was thinking about this last week, 12 colonies we know are the Mm -hmm. Zodiac, Mm -hmm. um, and then we have Earth, maybe, and then I realized that I have not questioned who or what they're talking about when they say the Lords of Cobalt. Has anybody given me any inf- in the show, like when they gave the eulogy for all the people dead, did they say who or what Kobol is?
1: Kobol uh, is like their mythical home planet. Uh, and remember that uh, when Leoban was Leobaning Starbuck, uh, he said, like, you'll be the one to find Kobol."
0: Right. Uh, okay. Right, 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 right. So, so and he says, and that uh, will lead you to Earth.
1: Yeah, Yeah. so uh, COBOL essentially like what we're led to believe from like the history and the scriptures, uh, is that humanity started out on Kobol. although with all of this has happened before and all that happened again, how many, you know, who knows how many times this whole cycle has happened, uh, or will happen, but humanity started on Kobol, uh, and then they dispersed throughout the stars and ended up finding, founding the 12 colonies and then the mythical 13th colony of earth. Uh, and so Leoben is telling them that on this journey, she'll be the one to discover the location of Kobol. uh, and kind of bring them back to where they started uh so there's definitely some relevance there uh and so presumably presumably the 12 Lords of kobol were deities presiding over this this home planet of humanity
2: why we will learn a lot more about that in coming episodes so then
0: very
1: soon actually
0: my prediction then are I wonder if it seems redundant to me to have a mythical earth and a mythical cobalt, unless cobalt's like heaven or something. Um, So who says they're mythical? They, well, or I shouldn't, I shouldn't say mythical. I I meant mythology in the way that we talk about religions other than Christianity as, as uh, mythology. Um, uh, So, I think Earth, in some way, is Kobol. I think that's something we're going to find out that we get to Kobol find out it is Earth, maybe, question mark. Okay. Interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. there was one other thing that Earth is Kobol. Oh, fuck. Um, The Twelve Colonies. Who's God? What if God was slash war one of us? (laughs) Mother, what was I going to say? If Earth is Kobol...
2: I'm, see, now I'm, I'm having this, like, this little scene in my mind playing out of of you reenacting uh, the scene in Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, when he's like, Finkel and Einhorn, Finkel, Finkel and Einhorn. But it's you. It's like, Earth and Kobol, Earth and Kobol. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and then when you finally realize Earth is Kobol and you have uh, to, like, take a shower about it.
0: And then we have to, I, just to side note, I forget. Kobol's gun <laughs> is
1: digging into your head.
0: I forget that that scene is in that movie. I think I black it out because it's so horrifically. I know it was a different time, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but it is so horrifically transphobic. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, that
2: did not age well. No,
0: and that movie otherwise is such a delight um, for me that every time I'm reminded of that, I'm like, oh, why? Um, it, it,
2: yeah, I, I watched that for the first time in probably 20 years uh, a couple years ago, and it, it was like I got to that part of the movie and I was like, oh, this is not great no. This and I is think, really disappointing actually yeah. and i because i as a kid i
0: love that movie it was mm-hmm. so funny yeah so that's a bummer that is a bummer but it is that kind of back and forth because i'm playing the like why even bother to have oh i remember what i was gonna say um thank you that was that was useful You're welcome. so cobalt <laughs> and earth being some sort of two sides of the same thing whatever that is um there's been a lot of, and it makes sense because Cylons are duplicates and all of this has happened before and all of this has happened again. There's a lot of mirror play in this episode. Um, so, Caleb, I know you pointed out the scene in the beginning where the first time we see Six yes. is through the mirror. And then in the bathroom when um, Rosalind pokes her head and we first see her through the mirror and then there's a line of mirrors where we see her and I think, um, some sort of like security detail just Mm -hmm, kind of like mm -hmm. replicated in the mirrors as they move forward. Um, that's a
1: great observation.
0: Well, so, and then that sort of puts my mind at ease about why bother having earth be a sort of mirror of cobalt possibly. And
2: you drop that It's the
0: puppy gate all over again, you dropped your, (laughs) dropped your pen, but, uh, I don't need it. I'm not falling for that one again. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but uh but yeah so so i'm gonna lean further into that theory that there's and i don't know if anybody's thought about this but cobalt backwards is earth no yeah or think about think Kitsy. think about it (coughs) cobalt backwards is earth how backwards no
1: it's not like oh, if you l- take the planet cobalt and spin it backwards. <laughs> you
0: have to rotate it a hundred and <laughs> it's earth backwards. So, uh, what you're you're going to have see. to draw
2: this for me because I'm not, fu- I, you're fucking with me.
0: We'll save it. Save it for next week. I don't want to spoil anything oh, for you. Okay. Okay. Uh, what I'm
1: kind of curious of is if there'll be any connection to uh the schemings and goings on of uh Zarek and his men uh, and the plans of the Cylons. Like, you kind of hinted at that, like, you know, the way that the Cylons uh, so disruption and distrust and whatnot. Like, I, I'm kind of curious to see if there will be any uh, payoff or any connection to that, or if that's just kind of a, a, like, to use your word, a mirror in human behavior to the way the Cylons operate. That's
0: what I was going to say. On any other show, they would absolutely be connected. Um, but. Battlestar isn't afraid to just let humans get in their own way sometimes, um, and it would be very like the Cylons to see that unrest and dig in. It's an, again another like um, uh, what is it? The monsters are do on Maple Street or whatever. Um, and I want to go off on monster talk again, but I'm not. I'm not, <laughs> go, I'm not going to. I'll save it for the blog. Um, I think by the time we. Th- this episode airs, right? We should have some content up. Um I mean, that's up will to y- if you send it to me. Yeah, that's up yeah. to you too. I just mean, we're still a few weeks out. So yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'm going to save it for that. But cool. Frankenstein um, is actually the doctor and the doctor was the monster all along is all I'm saying. Oh. I don't know if anybody's ever heard that before, but Frankenstein oh, is true. actually at Starbucks getting,
1: uh,
2: <laughs> getting Gator a coffee. Yeah, exactly.
1: So with all that said, We're going to spin up the FTL drives and jump to our next location. And we'll see you there next week. So thank you again for joining us on Second Edition 1. So say we all. So say we all. So say
2: we all. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Bye.
1: Begin jump prep. We're leaving. we'll be back. Start your prep.
2: Set Condition One is a Night Shift Radio production. Visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.